0: Coming to you direct from the heart of New York City, all the way to wherever you are, you're listening to the Vip Jaswal Report. Mahatma Gandhi once said, Where there is love, there is life. But Vip Jaswal once said, Where there is love, there's a website. Today, we're going to be talking about some of my favorite things, which are love, sex, and relationships in the modern world. Under normal circumstances, I could discuss these topics with my hands tied behind my back. But that would be a little shady, maybe even 50 times too shady. So I'm going to do something better. I've invited a guest who attracts over 14 million visitors to her website every month. Just a few more than what I normally get. My guest is ravishing, fascinating, captivating and very engaging, a bit like me, really. She has a black belt in karate. She's a licensed pilot. She's a Wall Street veteran, but most of all, she is now the founder and CEO of the number one media company called YourTango.com, dedicated to love, sex, and relationships. It's a pleasure to have on the show Andrea Miller. Welcome to the show, Andrea.
1: Well, thank you, Vip. That was a, a pretty, uh, pretty flattering introduction. I hope I can live up to all those, uh, all those accolades.
0: Well, everybody says that I do great introductions because I have great guests on the show.
1: that's always a good uh, way to start off.
0: So tell our listeners, what exactly is YourTango.com?
1: We are the number one media company Mm. focused on love and relationships. So anything you want to know Mm. about this topic, come to YourTango.com and you'll find it. But I would add, crucially, that it's so much more than your typical media company. Your typical media company wants to entertain and inform you. And so do we. Absolutely. But I started this company as an entrepreneur who, as you rightly say, came from the world of Wall Street with a background in engineering with a real mission, Mm. an incredible sense of purpose to help people love their best. And so knowing that love is the most powerful, important thing in the world and often the hardest to get right, I wanted to create a different kind of media company. So to answer your your, uh, simple question. Your Tango, sure, it offers all this great content, but our sense of purpose is to help people build happier, healthier relationships with those they love most. Love is an action word, so we want people to come to our site, sure, to be entertained and engaged and and inspired so that they are able to take that away to – love more happily and more successfully. So that's, but, that's uh, it's like a whole a whole other level of media company.
0: But then why do you call it a media company? Why don't you just call it like a love website or a relationship website? Because a media company sounds a little sterile because you're, you're dealing with emotions, the, 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 the strongest emotion of all.
1: Well, the reason we call it a media company <laughs> is because we're building a media brand, and that can sound really abstract. My mission is for your tango to be to love, what ESPN is to sports. And so we call it a media company because it doesn't just live at yourtango.com. We have a huge presence on Facebook. Our content is distributed ubiquitously across the web. If you go to Huffington Post, Yahoo, Cafe Mom, BuzzFeed, the list goes on and on. Fox News uh, picks up our content and links to us all the time. And as time goes on, given the success of the website as a starting point, My expectation is that people will be seeing and hearing from me and from Your Tango in many other places besides just the www.yourtango.com. So we're we're building a brand. We've got a really big mission, and that's where we say we're not just a website, although that's um, most crucially where people can find us right now.
0: Well, you're an entrepreneur, as you rightly said, so entrepreneurs have a sense of passion. Um, What was missing in your life? or on what the web that, that you felt was, was the need to develop such a site?
1: Yeah, great question. I, I always say I was innocently enough at, up at Columbia Business School, having mm. worked in finance, and, and I happened to be on the, managing, on the um, school newspaper as the managing editor, and so I, I, I found I got a little taste of media, and wow, mm. it tasted real good. And so I happened to be sitting one afternoon I read a chapter of a book called Soulmates, out loud to my then-boyfriend, now-husband, and the fact that this book resonated really positively with us made me think the next day, while I was sitting in class, whoa! When I took stock of this incredibly crowded media landscape and realized so much of what was out there was 59 ways to please your man, how to get the guy, just lose 10 pounds and you'll be happy, I thought... I, I can't believe it, that there's this massive, massive open space when it comes to the topic of love. And that's where I say it's the most, empower, most important, powerful thing in the world, and the root of happiness. So I realized as an entrepreneur, somebody who comes from a family of entrepreneurs, there's a massive amount of white space. So I said, let me be the one to, to make this happen. At the same time, it was very deeply personal to me, mm. having met the love of my life, somebody I literally, I set eyes on Sanjay, and it was, that was it, game over. Um, and so at the same time, we had fire, I like to say we had fireworks, but not always the best kind of fireworks in our relationship. So I knew as we struggled, even though we were madly in love with each other, I mean, we fought like cats and dogs, and we sometimes still do. But now we're able to do it more, so much more successfully and not feel so threatened and not feel so vulnerable. And so our relationship over the years has gotten so much stronger. So for me, and that's in part why I've spent the last 10 plus years building this company and why it's such a success, because the entrepreneurial and capitalistic side of my brain says, whoa, bing, 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 big commercial opportunity mm. because, you know, love speaks to everybody. And then the, the my heart, I would say, or the side of my brain and more importantly my heart that experienced, experienced my own financial disappointments, my own heartbreak, mm. my own vulnerability and, and frankly just pure anguish saw, wow, if I could help people deal with the kind of things that I've dealt with and I've really struggled with. And I looked at my girlfriends and I looked at my sister and I looked at my cousins and I looked at my parents and I said – this isn't just me, this isn't just me and Sanjay that are struggling here. Everybody struggles. And then you look at the 50% divorce rate, and you said, yeah, this is like, uh, this is a, an epidemic. Uh, how many people fail in love? And so all these, the moon and the stars and all the, all the um, planets aligned for me, really, within moments, it was that true moment of epiphany where I just said, all of this is happening, and I have to be the one to uh, to make it work. And but, so, yeah, it's been a very deeply, deeply personal journey.
0: But before you came along, there were already websites talking about love. So what did you bring that's different to the game? I mean, a listener now after the show, why should they go on to YourTango.com?
1: They should come to YourTango.com because they're going to get something a lot more real and relatable mm-hmm. than the standard what I would say, the old-school women's service magazines. Mm-hmm. And, and, and listen, a lot of those magazines are massive successes. They're billion-dollar brands. Right. So this isn't anything against them, but they're really the over-the-top, meant for, in many instances, meant for a college-age crowd, et cetera. So they're really not really catered to a more, um, uh, a more mature audience of people who want to succeed in love. Or have, you know, have a real interest in dealing with things in a more real and relatable way. And I don't want to sound like Debbie Downer over here, like, oh, we're so real and relatable and all that's, you know, depressing. On the contrary, A, it's liberating. It's liberating to say, I screwed up and here's what happened and I recovered and, you know, I'm not alone. But, you know, on the really fun side of things, we have all this incredible socially, super shareable, light, fun, make-you-laugh-out-loud kind of content. Of course, we have the uber-super-sexy stuff as well because that's an important part of um, people's love lives. So, yeah, I would say nobody, so, that, so to summarize, nobody has the volume of content that we have on the topic of love. And, oh, by the way, it's not just romantic love.
0: No, I, I noticed there was a part. lot of stuff uh, that actually, you know, you you bring up a lot of issues you uh, you bring up topics that people are thinking about, but uh, uh, is it only based on heterosexual relationships?
1: No, no, it's it's all. We're very inclusive. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, uh, you know homosexual, transgender, you name it, all mm-hmm. you know, all stripes and varieties of romantic love. But it's also uh, uh, platonic love and paternal love. It's all. All of the most important relationships in your life we have covered and we continue to cover and we, we really try to help people think about things in a in a way that um, opens their minds and opens their hearts. And our, our editor, Sabrina James, who's amazing, what she has sought to do and has succeeded in such a big way is cause people to feel like they're not um, alone. And again, it's not necessarily in a negative way, mm. but often in a really funny, Seinfeld-esque kind of way. These small little kernels that are common to literally millions and millions of us, she has writers and editors who find those common elements and those common stories and experiences, and she cooks them up in ways that are downright hilarious. And so what we find is that they get shared literally hundreds of thousands and sometimes millions of times. They do. Yeah, and then people say oh, that sounds like me, and oh, I can relate. And
0: I saw so, that. But one thing, yeah. and the other thing I noticed was that there wasn't much about for men to go in and and, and and visit the site. It was more geared towards the women. Am I right?
1: You are right, and that is deliberate. We, we, we welcome the guys, but I think a smart media strategy is to have a more targeted audience. So mm-hmm. to the extent you can target that audience really successfully, hit that bullseye, that secondary audience is much more likely... To find something relevant um, for them rather than um, dumbing everything down or not even dumbing it down but but neutralizing it so it speaks to everybody, so we and frankly we feel ninety plus percent of the time women are the ones that are, are going to be the most proactive in their relationships they are going to be the ones aside from you vip and um, uh, you know maybe my husband
0: mm-hmm.
1: most most guys are, are not going to be proactively out there Well, you know
0: guys that. are very simple and i think guys always get the r- raw end of the deal in, in 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 some ways um women have a complexity of emotions
1: we and do.
0: sometimes all happening all at once guys they're very simple they're either hungry or they're horny
1: <coughs> <laughs> well there you <laughs> and, go
0: and if they're I not aroused that. make mm-hmm. them a sandwich.
1: I, uh, I, you should write for our, you should write for us, Vip, when you, you know, when you uh, have a, have a few
0: it's, it's really that like, simple, but, great. but I did, li- I did enjoy your site, because I thought the way you bring out the topics through your taglines and your headings actually addresses mm-hmm. the issue in general, where a guy reading it or a girl reading it is irrelevant, it's applicable to, to, to both sides of a relationship. Mm-hmm also noticed another thing you had was you had something called YT Experts as a mm-hmm. heading. So that's like a Your Tango Expert. What are these experts?
1: So in, in taking that leap from any old media company that, mm. that passively entertains and informs, we wanted to create a very different kind of model. And by that, I mean we created a platform with – a thousand dating coaches, marriage therapists, and couples counselors—a thousand experts—who are users who come to the site and are looking for that content—they will find the very best content on the web that our experts write about. Right. And so, the experts platform really does two things: one, it provides that content, and it—and these experts get very, very specific and very niche. So, one of our top experts, say, for the um, topic of coming out, and especially coming out as, say, a a man or a middle-aged man, um, one of our our experts really writes exclusively about that, and he does it really, really well. And so that content ends up getting uh, um, syndicated to Huffington Post and, and all over the place. So our experts provide that kind of content, but what we also seek to do is connect our Readers with our experts. So if you're having a hard time creating a dating profile, or if your marriage is on the rocks, or whatever the case may be, sure we want you to read our content and take you know take action yourself. Right. But even better is to let a professional help you. Why why struggle unnecessarily? So you would
0: email them, and they'll email you back with uh, some advice. Is that how it works?
1: That's how it works. From just that you know more exchanging information to right. meeting them for doing um, uh, Skype sessions mm. to in person sessions,
0: and is there a cost to that
1: oh well yeah if you're right. if you're going and getting counseled, but most couples this is astonishing mm. this is an astonishing statistic. most couples who suffer in a marriage, they suffer something like six years before they seek to get help, and yeah. so our take is, oh my God, don't waste those six years if you're feeling like there's trouble, let's destigmatize counseling let's destigmatize getting help and and make it easy to find really great experts and and not even to necessarily say it has to be years of psychoanalyst six sessions with a coach Mm. or a therapist can help a lot of people in a really big way and so again our goal is to help people transcend and and just Uh, make sure that this most crucial part of their life is as as good as it can be and not just passively entertain but, you know, really take action.
0: Well, you're talking about pain and suffering. Let's take it to a pleasure perspective. Uh, The Fifty Shades of Grey, the the movie, it's been quite a lot of buzz these days.
1: Oh, indeed.
0: How has it impacted the content on your site? Because what I'm finding is, the movie is getting a lot of obsession from women when in reality they don't approve of this sort of a fetish, you know, with the bondage and the S&M sort of thing. Uh, it's almost like there you go again, you know, with the women being very sort of complicated with their emotions. They, they want to see it, they talk about it, but then after they've watched the movie, oh, I wouldn't do that, that's bad, this and that. So tell me about it. The
1: The Fifty Shades phenomenon mm. has done... Both harm and good it has the in the in a really good way it has opened up a new dialogue about sexual experimentation, which mm-hmm. is great uh, I think it's destigmatized quote unquote kinky a bit to help people maybe feel like they can try new things and not feel um, shamed or awkward at the same time much of what's in the book and the movie is so over the top that it can really create a barrier and cause people to feel um, Reluctant or intimidated. Um, in fact, there's a really funny parody on this that was done well by Trojan, the condom maker. They urge people to get out of the "quote unquote" gray zone, and it's really well done. I mean, it mocks, you know, it mocks the whole thing. And so we we partnered with them, and we came up with an article to go with the video called "How to Make Seven Fifty Shades of Gray Sex Acts mm-hmm. Work for You in Real Life," and so it's it's a fun um, a fun post that. Allows people to experiment a little bit without feeling like they've gotta go buy heavy equipment or you know, go stealthily into a hardware. Yeah, store. because I
0: heard Home Depot ran out of rope.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. So we're saying, you know, have fun, get some feathers up, get some get some math. Did
0: that content stuff. did that piece do well?
1: Yeah, it's done really well. We have we've we've had a a bunch of other pieces of fifty shades content because people are crazy about it. But I also think it's jumped the shark a little bit. I think it's at this stage, okay, let's you know, let's uh, let's let's get on to a new uh, uh, a new fetish, if you will.
0: Do you find, with all the content that you have access to, and obviously you're the CEO, that you are beginning to understand relationships a lot more?
1: Uh-huh, yes. I mean, between. My own personal experiences I feel like I and my dear husband I feel like he, he probably would say he's he lives a, a bit of a, a love experiment if you will because so much of what we experience I end up talking about in our editorial meetings and with my team and uh, reflecting on and that that ends up getting surfaced in in the content in different ways but mm-hmm. I'm also very much a, a student of this stuff and you know you were asking about our experts we have learned so much mm-hmm. from from our contributors, we have many of the foremost thought leaders in this space, uh, who people like Helen Fisher and Harville Hendricks and John Gray and various other New York Times bestsellers and um, TED Talk speakers who bring their research and their incredible vast insights into the your tango mix. In mm. fact, um, we also, we do our own research, I should also add. And in fact, the research that's most compelling to me at the moment, um, since it's our most recent and what's live on our site, we partnered with a, a organization called NEFI, the National Endowment for Financial Education, which is a nonprofit that teaches people about personal finance and helps them make better financial decisions. So knowing that money is a top reason for, for discord in a relationship, mm. we wanted to partner with NEFI and figure out what are you know? What's the cost of love? And um, also, this was before Valentine's. Knowing that 19 billion dollars is spent for Valentine's every year, we wanted to figure out how much is spent.
0: Sorry, repeat around. that figure again. 19 billion dollars.
1: is spent for every that year. one day. Yes, wow. exactly. So we wanted to figure out about the rest of the year. And and NIFI was interesting because they already do a lot of research. They've got compelling resources like a cool life values quiz and. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're so they're doing a lot. They, I would say, they're on the real forefront of this stuff. So we partnered with them. We did a, a Harris poll, and what we figured on on asking a battery of questions from what people spend to find love, uh, along with what they spent to keep love and to invest in love. So
0: let me and, ask you this. So uh-huh. much money is being spent on love, yet divorce rate is at fifty percent for first time marriages. Uh, based on all the on, on the information you get from all the experts and then all the content that you see, um, what do you think is going wrong with the institution of marriage?
1: Well, there probably <laughs> not enough pe- married people coming to your tango. No, I kid. <laughs> I think I think that there is a real expectations problem, and I, in fact, this really was a a formative outlook for me when i started this company realizing women and men frankly are getting married later they're postponing children women are more successful and working and making more money than ever before so i feel like there's a real strain on on marriage and and frankly on on all relationships because people can afford to be alone they're not getting married now for for economic reasons or social reasons they're getting married because they, they want a life partner for the most part
0: I I thought they were actually getting married for the economic and social reasons. That's never going to change.
1: I don't think so. The reason I say that is because women women can, I mean, what is it now? Like a third of women are out, you know, in married couples, a third of the women are making more money than their husbands. And so women can afford to be alone. They don't need to get married for economic reasons. And so I say this because— But at the
0: same time, I haven't met a woman who wants to marry a tramp.
1: Well, no, of course, but they want to marry somebody who is successful. I mean, but it's not to say – but they can afford to be alone is what I'm saying, Vip. In the past, you know, much more of that patriarchal guys go out and, you know, even the hunting and gathering societies. Like, guys are going out and and hunting and women aren't staying alone and and home and gathering and having having babies. So now fast forward to –
0: I still think we're living in a status-conscious world because, you know – girl goes out with her girlfriends and things like that uh and if she says oh I've got engaged and they say oh uh first question is what's he look like what what does he do uh let's have a look at the size of the engagement ring mm-hmm. uh things like that so there is that and there's nothing wrong with it mhm i'm just wondering why with so much knowledge about all the love through your website and 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 and, and so much freedom uh, around uh it, it's unusual to find that the divorce rate is at 50%. And based on what my guest said about two weeks ago, uh, it's going to get even higher.
1: I would disagree with that. I think it's going to drop because marriage is dropping, right? There's been a seismic shift and and marriage dropping and the number of of babies that are are happening out of wedlock. It's now, it's insane. It's like 70% of kids are getting born uh, born out of wedlock, which probably isn't great news. But in any case, I would argue that the people who are getting married are going to be getting married for the right reasons, rather than they feel pressure, or frankly, because they're pregnant. Mm. And so my sense is that the divorce rate is going to tick down, that the people who are getting married are going to say, all right, we're going to make this work. Um, but I I would argue that, that everybody is suffering from, or most people, unless you're the most enlightened few, are suffering from how hard relationships are. That's, the secret. That's the truth. Relationships are hard. And we are in such an instant gratification society where we can go out, we can make money, we can buy what we want, we can do what we want, we can get Hulu and Netflix on demand. I mean, it's like, we have the world at our fingertips and so much control. And yet we can't, we can't possibly control another human being. So when we can't, we get angry and we start finger pointing. And, you know, next thing you know, the relationship is on the rocks. In fact, I heard a great quote this morning from one of my my dear friends, uh, David Bell. He said, to try to change someone else is an act of aggression. To try to change yourself is an act of love. And I say, amen and hallelujah. Everybody is trying to change the other person or silently stewing, hoping that they'll change. And when they don't, they get mad and they say, okay, well, that's it. You're done. And and I'm going to Try, you know, try this again with somebody who I. No, I like
0: hope. that quote, and I think I think you summed it up when you said um, that there is a fault in the level of expectations people have. Now, absolutely. Let, let me um, let's get some questions from your, I, I guess, your viewers, because right before the show, you put out a post. We did on on Facebook, and the question was, "What's one thing about love, sex, relationships that you just don't understand?" Um, and, and we got quite a few number of questions, so I'm very impressed. We can't answer all of them.
1: Uh, yeah, it, I, I'm a little, I'm a little bit nervous, but let's go for it. <laughs> okay,
0: I'm just going to pick a few that I thought were interesting. Um, the first one is from a lady called Chris Tango. Uh-huh. She goes, "What?" Do you feel most modern couples are most hungry for in their relationships? Is it fun, soulful connection, more sleep
1: <laughs> uh I say Chris tango all three if i if I can and in all all seriousness though, I think people are mostly looking for for that um real heartfelt connection, and I do think it goes back to that quote mm. and to that sense of connection right It's like I want to love the lovable parts of you, but, uh, like, I'm going to reject the unlovable parts of you. And it's really hard to build intimacy when you're busy rejecting the unlovable parts because those are the parts that need to be loved the most. And so I would argue, you know, I can't necessarily help with, you know, more sleep it, but I think that soulful connection happens based on what I call more radical acceptance, really accepting your partner as they are, you know, warts and all, uh, proverbially speaking, and then the fun is built on top of that, right? It's like once you once you start having that connection, I think it's easier to have the fun. But you can do it the other way around. You you know try to try to have a little more fun with each other and use that as a way to get closer and to um, build experiences. In fact, we've done a lot of research on this topic, and what we have found far and away, what what our readers tell us, the number one way they keep the relationship strong is through new experiences. So I'm always advocating people to try new things. In fact, a couple of our experts went yeah, down. Yeah, you know, that doesn't
0: work for me because my wife tries new things with me. She said, let's go walk up a volcano and, <coughs> and, and things like that, and, and that's not going to fly. Uh, you know, for me, I think it's just about what you said, the first word you said when we discussed this. You said expectations.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's lowering expectations
1: mm-hmm.
0: from the other side and exceeding, and meeting or exceeding the expectations from vice versa.
1: Which means, Vip, you've got to go walk up the volcano with your wife. I did. <laughs> oh, thank God.
0: And right, it well. wasn't great. Um, <laughs> Thomas Miller, can you fix a lousy gift giver? Um, yes, you can. It's called communication. Mm-hmm. If, if as long as your expectations are realistic, as long as I think you've communicated the expectation Mm -hmm. Um, What I usually have issues with, or I've seen couples, is um, stinginess, Mm -hmm. where someone says, you know what, I don't want to do this on on this particular special day because we'll wait for the sale or we can get it cheaper or something Mm -hmm. like that. There's something Mm -hmm. to be said about um, being generous,
1: oh there's so much to be said about giving about being generous, and what you said it just the the bells that went off in my head are the, those poor couples even beyond just gosh can I get thirty percent off at Macy's the poor couples who are keeping score right. oh well, I did dinner and um, the dishes tonight, so you have to put the kids to bed and this and that and the back and forth and keeping all oh my god my God it's exhausting and believe me i have I have felt prey to that um, to my great chagrin and to the you know um, chagrin of of my family. And I think we all have, but the truth is, is if you can have that generous spirit and that, and feel that abundance, Mm -hmm. that then you can be, you can dispense with the point and, you know, uh, keeping score. But to your point, you can feel much more comfortable in, hey, let's, let's splurge on our relationship. This is the most important thing and try those new experiences and uh, go for things that, you know, I mean, we're not uh, advocating people to spend foolishly over here, but I feel like if if people feel safe and secure in a relationship, that that's transformative across their. Entire I think life. I think
0: the formula is indulging together, yep, um, frequently, mm-hmm. when you wouldn't normally, mm-hmm. going to a spa together, going and having a really nice meal or opening a really nice bottle of wine. You know, when you feel you're being naughty together. It adds that extra bit of charm.
1: Well, uh Vip are you gonna tell us what it's like to be naughty together?
0: Oh yes. <laughs> With a beauty like yours and a voice like mine, I think we would we would be a true media company.
1: <laughs> right, indeed. Well no, but you you know, you've hit the nail on the head mm. and that's you know, and and whether it's a new experience or an indulgence, so we we a couple of our writers one of our a couple of our experts really Charles Orlando and Lisa Stedman we sent to a perfumery in southern california called Tajan mm-hmm. to make their own fragrance and they went they went with an open mind but oh my god they came back like ready to shout from the rooftops what an amazing experience they had and and gosh i mean who knew about the importance of scent and our libidos and and all those other things and so to your point about kind of the naughty and the new and these kinds of things that can um, really give us a, an opportunity to bond, and even to the Chris Tango question, right. to bond and to connect. And so we we wrote an article that's on our homepage now about trying this uh, new sexy activity to get out of your date night rut. And so absolutely, it's there are so many ways to have those kind of experiences and, like you say, to indulge, right. But it but you have to be coming from that place of... Abundance and generosity, because if you're coming from the place of keeping score and, um, you know. No, and you can't
0: be keeping score. we got a lot of other questions, so let's move oh, okay, on. Okay, we'll keep going. Keep uh, going. Mickey Spoilin. Mm-hmm. or Mickey Spoilin, sorry, my mm-hmm. eyesight's mm-hmm. going. She says, does sleeping with someone on the first date ruin any chance at a real relationship? Now, from a guy's perspective, mm-hmm. um, if we're sleeping together, we don't have to split the bill. Mhm and, okay. and, and 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 every guy, obviously when they're med- guys are guys there 's something yeah. in our makeup, something in our chromosomes something in our mm-hmm. hormones, um, mm-hmm. we love sleeping together,
1: mhm, yeah, I was going to say and it 's called testosterone yeah. yeah i I agree, uh, Helen Fisher has some interesting research, and I want to say the stat is something like when she 's done a vast amount of research mm. on um, singles in America, and I want to say. Something like a quarter of people who sleep together on the first date end up in a long-term successful relationship. Okay, that's so, low.
0: But you know what? For, for uh, Mickey, what I would suggest is go for dinner, see how he orders, see how he feeds you, see how he treats you. Because if, he's, if you're going for a Big Mac or a Happy Meal, uh, it's going to be a quickie meal, and it's going to be quickie afterwards. You won't see him again.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair point.
0: But I think if you see how he sort of seduces you with food and, and, and with ambience and, and with the way he treats you, it's probably what he's going to be like in bed.
1: Right, a little little more romance. I think yeah, that's, a, probably that's a fair. So,
0: yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and you know what? There's nothing – there's no advice better than your gut, I think, and your instinct. Oh,
1: amen. Isn't yes. it? Yes, and that's, I think, what's, what's probably missing in – a massive number of women right. is that they don't necessarily uh, follow their own intuition and they second-guess themselves to their you know great peril.
0: Okay. So, yep. Michelle Toglio mm-hmm. says, what's the biggest mistake single women are making? Now, you were single once, so you tell me.
1: Oh, my goodness. Uh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I think now mm. they're the two primary mistakes, probably for the, I mean, and, and it's ironic a little bit. The two are either not prioritizing the relationship right. enough, mm-hmm. and so it can never go anywhere because they don't focus on it, and it's an investment and it takes time. And then the other is, I've got a, a an old friend from high school who is, you know, and, and now we're we're in our forties, mm-hmm. and I feel like she continues to go for the beefcake, and it's like having this expectation of being with. You know, the captain of the football team. When that's, you know, it's like you're what you're looking for, and it's back to those expectations mm. is really misguided. And so either they're not prioritizing the relationship, in which case it's likely to fail, or they're looking for the wrong guy. Um, and and what they're looking for is probably why they're the wrong guy is their own um, insecurity, and they, you know, they're looking for the beefcake even 20, 30 years out of high school because you know it's uh, uh, you know somehow fits some.
0: Well, um, let me tell you, me tell you what I, I see. Safe. Let me tell you what I see as well. And I was single once. Um, men are insecure. Women are insecure. I get that. You know, everyone has certain insecurities in, in every aspect of their life or certain aspects of their life. But what I've noticed over time, um, women are getting more and more successful. And I'm very happy about that. And, and most men are. The mm-hmm. ones who aren't, you've got to avoid That's not the one you want to be with. But I find women are trying to be like men. And for me, trying to be like a man is a waste of a woman. (laughs) Right. You know, um, there's a certain masculinity, that that trait, that aggressiveness that's Mm -hmm. coming out. Uh, They're very quick, like when you take them on a first date, uh, very quick to say what they don't do. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're very, very opinionated. Mm -hmm. That lady like, you know, I want to date a lady because she is with a gentleman. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And I find that's where the expectations don't match. And that's sometimes the reason guys don't call. Because if you lay out everything that you don't do Mm -hmm. in whatever you're talking about or whatever opinion cannot be changed because they feel that if like if you have an opinion and, and and I discuss something with you and you say you know mm-hmm. what Vip that I can't argue with logic you're right I'm gonna rethink that.
1: and <laughs> my my husband would say I'll try to argue with logic but
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it would be gracious of you if you say you know what you have a point.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: But if I give you logic and you still are steadfast in your opinion, that's mm-hmm. not uh, a good relationship whether you're you're a guy or I'm a guy or. Uh, you, or you're a girl or whatever mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. it
0: spoils the build-up of the relationship you don't allow any foundations to be built
1: right well i i would agree with that and i think like so many cases the pendulum mm. is going to swing to the extreme and let's face it we've grown up in a patriarchal society where the guy you know it's um he brings home the bacon and you know she fries it up in a pan and so the so i think there are a lot of women and you know the you know fe- waves of wave of feminism i think is now also turning back and not to say it's anti-feminism, but, but I think that the pendulum is swung, and I, I'm assuming and guessing it's going to come swing back, and I would even argue your tango is a great um, advocate for it swinging back and to embrace exactly what you say. No, I, mean, I,
0: I think your website it? touches on these sort of topics so beautifully, and that I was there, I've been looking at it the last few days, and I find that, you know, when I'm on it, I stay on it, because there are so many different topics that you uh, lay out, in a form of a question or, or or an issue that says, you know, what I want to read it. I have actually found it relevant uh, to my relationship, even though I'm not a woman.
1: Well, but I but I would, and I love that. And I'm you, you were so incredibly kind to make that that statement. Mm. We've worked really hard, and um, it's a la- true labor of love. And my team is amazing for the kind of work that they do. Right. But this idea back to what women can do, and I think sometimes women can be a little. Uh, reluctant to embrace that really caring, nurturing side for fear of, gosh, I'm going to find myself in this sort of patriarchal uh, old school mode that I don't want to be the one that's always doing the dishes and, you know, always the one that's having to, to take on the domestic responsibilities. And so I think if women can embrace the nurturing feminine side and as they should, because that's what the guys need, guys need to feel needed. Our guys
0: need are so support, right? unbelievably simple. And the yes. way women are going, you know, the ideal vision of a perfect woman's going to be for any guy is someone who's deaf, dumb, oversexed, <laughs> and owns a liquor store. You know, it's really going to be, oh, no. it's going no. that no. way. Say
1: this not so. Say this not so. Well, no. moving
0: on to the next question. Okay, here we go. Um, Macy Daniela Martin said, why is living together before marriage still controversial? I'm not sure it is. It depends. Yeah, I guess I, it depends on your household and 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 yeah. what sort of values and principles you're brought up with.
1: I would, yeah, I would say the data says more people are living to, mm. um, before marriage than are actually getting married. So right. I think, as far as the data is concerned, that that is a stigma that um, really no longer uh, holds.
0: Okay, Jessica Sager. She says, "What's the best way to start the prenup conversation?" Now, my point of view. I find it spoils the whole romance of of uh you know um i guess i'm old school mm-hmm. when you fall in love you fall in love and and when you're in love you say you know what's mine is yours and 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 so on and so mm-hmm. forth and the woman usually says well what's mine is mine um uh. <laughs> oh, come on <laughs> come on we going
1: have to talk to mrs uh mrs uh, over here oh
0: my god
1: she'll disagree with us
0: but I just find the whole prenup thing. Yes, it it is necessary these days, the way things are going. Um, and if you have to start it, you start it, right?
1: Yeah, I and I think it's a individual decision. My husband mm. and I don't have it. We we it didn't even cross my mind. I don't think it crossed his mind when we you know we were together for a long time. So right. when we finally decided to get married, it was we are in at one hundred and ten percent, one hundred and fifty percent. And that's what I would, would advise for anybody is make that, make that determination and that you're going to go in and what's mine is mine and yours is yours and, or uh, what's, what's ours is ours, really. And the only, probably the only exception are people who where it's maybe a second or third marriage and there are kids and there are those kinds of complications. I guess so.
0: I guess so. You know what? Because when, when I got married, I always believed that marriage would be one time only. Um, I even sort of never even had separate bank accounts because, you know, when you when you look into the vows of marriage, it's it's so deep.
1: Yeah, it, and it, that's how it's meant to be.
0: It's that's how it's meant to be, and I like to. Keep, and if it you know if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. People have survived; they'll continue to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on. This one's an interesting one from Sabrina James. She says, "Do marriages last longer for people who get married earlier in life or later?" And we'll have to be quick because we've got a few more. But what's your immediate answer to that?
1: I think the people who get married earlier probably have a harder time. The people who are getting married later, in all likelihood, have – they know what they want. They've been able to date a lot. They're more mature. I mean, depending on how early we're talking about, you know, the male brain doesn't fully mature until you're 25. Oh, really? so, yeah, so I (laughs) think that – you know, nothing against getting married early. There are benefits to it, but I bet if we looked at the data that... Well, you know,
0: that's a tough question, because the later you get married, the the uh, the, the, the smaller amount of time is it you have to live.
1: <laughs> well, that's <laughs> true, and, and potentially the more set in your ways you are, but my yeah. hope is that you would also be a little more mature and a little more willing to compromise and say, hey, X, Y, and Z, and how you load the dishwasher isn't that big of a deal. I'm not going to let that mm. spoil what really matters, and that's me taking care of you and you taking care of me.
0: Here's one from Kim Grimes Hayes. Why are wives praised for their selfless sacrifices while married and then chastised for putting up with his crap for too long after they're divorced? Um, let me give it this a shot. First of all, it's just not the wives, I think, who are providing the so-called selfless sacrifice. Guys mm-hmm. change their routine. They have lesser guys night out. Um, they probably change a few diapers, right? They I mean, They probably do a change thing. a few diapers these days. Uh, I've done uh-huh. three. Um, <laughs> well, who's counting? I mean, <laughs> who's counting, right? But um, then they're chastised for putting up with his crap. Well, the guys put up with her crap for too long as well. It goes both ways.
1: Yeah, I think this is a real, I think it comes down to a, a crazy moralistic society that's mm. just uh, fundamentally, um, uh, um, what's the word, uh, uh, kind of a little, a little psychotic. I mean, it's like we want to moralize and, and we want to uh, blame and yet we want to um, support. So I, I don't know. I, think, I just think that there's some um, kind of inherent social conflict in. Uh, you know,
0: that you're, you're hitting the right points, totally. You use the word blame. I think we live in a sort of a blame game generation.
1: Yeah, yeah. And And
0: whoever's got the loudest voice in the room wins?
1: Well, absolutely. Or, uh, right, who can, um, you know, who can use their moral high ground. I mean, Ah. we see, of course, that a lot in politics. And we see that a lot in other places where there's a lot of moralizing and Mm. um, holier-than-thou business. So yes, I think people can fall prey to that, but um hopefully those who are who are wise and have their you know enough self confidence won't fall prey to that kind of um I mean really just race to the bottom kind of nonsense.
0: Lorena Salcido said how soon is it or how soon is too soon to move in together? Second question being, or in my case, buy a house together. Um my opinion Move in whenever you're comfortable. Again, your gut instinct. Buying a house together, that's when you need that prenup in the relationship. I yeah, think. I
1: would agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that, I think. And uh, some sort
0: of a fallback plan that what's going to happen if both of you decide to move and separate ways.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree with that.
0: Yeah? Well, we should have do we our have own show. For, you do know? We
1: have, I know, right? Well,
0: We've got time for one more and a a quick one at that, and then we get back to some more about yourtango.com. Carrie Ann Burkle said, why do people stay in relationships out of responsibility even if the other person has cheated? Um, Let me me give my uh, two cents worth. Mm -hmm. The key word she's saying, why do people stay in relationships out of responsibility? I think because they are responsible.
1: Hmm. Okay, let me build on that by mm-hmm. saying when one person has cheated, right. it's virtually never in a vacuum. So, you know, my friend... Say may, it like
0: you mean it. That's beautiful. Go on.
1: Right. Well, right. My friend may have cheated on his wife, say, for example, but his wife is over here addicted to her work. She's right. she's totally ignoring him. and only
0: Lord, funny. have mercy. Go for it.
1: Right? Please. It never yes. is... That black and white—it mm. never is. I mean, very rarely is it just one person who's had infidelity. The infidelity is shared, and so when somebody looks at it in such a binary way, mm. it's like they need to look within themselves and say, "Hey, where is my role? Where's my responsibility in this um, infidelity?" And I
0: love what you're saying because infidelity is the last act that happens after the process, in
1: a, right? In a in a uh, state of desperation, absolutely, oh, right. So, and that, so to that I say, to that I say, and I have to do my part here because I am, you know, the foremost, uh, you know, you love, love guru. Expert. People need to have more sex in their marriages. I mean, the, the, the data is overwhelmingly bad about how much sex, especially people who have been married a long time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it can be whatever the thing you want to do. You're tired, you have kids. But I would say people who have sex more regularly in their relationships, it really helps the uh, uh, infidelity thing happen because they've been able to proactively keep that um, physical connection. And the physical connection is really important.
0: And that translates, translates into an emotional connection.
1: Absolutely. The emotional and Amen. the physical go hand <laughs> in hand. Amen. Yes.
0: Now, you're a licensed pilot. I am. And you are a black belt karate.
1: At last. Oh, my God. Vip, it took me forever. And
0: uh, you're a okay. blonde.
1: I am a natural blonde at that, but yes. So
0: do bl- your blondes have more fun?
1: I have a lot of fun, although I would say uh, I I also work really hard. So it's uh, it's it's a little of both.
0: These sort of sports that you do, they reflect a certain type of need for an adrenaline rush in a disciplined environment, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 it also reflects that you like change. Is that true?
1: I do. I think I like change. I like challenges. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's uh, probably a, you know, there's certainly a healthy ego here, but there's also, what is that, uh, you know, overachievers are overachievers for a reason, right? So, right. I mean, <laughs> what can I say? I uh, probably try to compensate for some insecurities in these, uh, in these external ways.
0: Give us about a minute's worth of communication from you about what the future holds for your Tango.com.
1: Oh, the future for us is exciting. We are growing like crazy. As you say, we're over 14 million unique visitors mm. per month. That'll be at least double that. By After the this
0: year, show, yes.
1: Uh, yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much, VIP. I, oh. You know, I, I owe it to you. But people are going to see a lot more of us on on TV and mm. uh, through social media. I'm writing why a book, TV. Well, because I mean, honestly, it's a wonderful thing when the Today Show is calling you and saying, "Hey, I saw your content." on, you know, I saw X, Y, and Z story on your site. We'd love to have your blogger um, on the Today Show. Oh, wow. So, yeah, this is happening frequently to us now. Uh, and so between all the great stuff my editorial team is doing, I'm mm. in the midst of writing a book, or I should say at the beginning um, stages of writing a book, which I believe will be coming out early next year. And so we're, we're having a lot of success in all the, all the areas of our business. And that's where I think people are going to see a whole lot more of us wherever they look, whether it's through social, on another website, at your tango, you know, on TV, and hopefully on the Vip Joswell show. I want to come back and uh, keep this conversation Oh, going. we've got to keep
0: this conversation we just got to do a q and A. I I think that, just, that makes up for mo- most of the interest of the show.
1: Absolutely. Now yeah, tell me you, just
0: very quickly, uh, in 10 seconds, what's stopping you from opening a dating website?
1: The, there's a lot of competition. Mm. It's super, super expensive. There's a lot of churn. We work with some of the best dating sites out there. We're starting to work with Zeus, We work with, work with Match.com, etc. But I feel like I would rather be uh, a partner with these guys rather than in competition with them.
0: Right. So enough about you. Let's talk about me. What do you think of the show?
1: I loved it. It was so fun. It was exactly what I actually even even better and more more fun than I'd hoped. And I of course had high expectations. So, yeah, it was great. What do you think?
0: I loved having you on the show, Andrea. And it has to be a wrap. Okay. Just wanted to say how proud and amazed I am of you for what you're doing, and wishing you and your Tango dot com all the best for the future.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to that dinner. And uh, we got we got some uh, fun ahead. So yes, I, I we do. All right. Thank you so much, Vip.
0: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. That was a wonderful Andrea Miller. Take a visit to yourtango.com when you can. It's a great website on love, sex, and relationships. Your comments and your followers are so very welcome on my Twitter account at VipJazzRoll and my Facebook page just type in VipJazzRoll Report. A special shout out of thanks to my wonderful team, William Sanchez and Deneo Williams. I'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern with more fascinating stories that fill our lives with the inspiration and information we so need to kickstart the week. I wish you a wonderful evening tonight your loved ones and until next Sunday, have a productive and a very happy week ahead.